0: Avalanche fans, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you may be listening. And thank you for joining the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. And the ABS. just finishing up uh, a very, very tough loss to the Washington Capitals. Uh, we're definitely going to dive in. We're not going to do a Fandom Friday today because of the issues that we had, or the issues that I had uh, last week, causing that Fandom Friday to bleed over into Monday, so and coupled with this being a a pretty big game and a lot of new stuff going on, I figured we'd forego the Fandom Friday for this week, pick it up like normal for next week, Um, and and that one will be one to tune into definitely because we're going to have somebody on that uh, should be at... The Stadium Series game. So we'll get kind of firsthand tale of how that went. How it went tonight was not how it seemed like it was going. Things were going very well for the Avalanche early on. And then things kind of just went wrong. And if you want to say those third-period struggles crept back up, they did at least for today. Uh, it's not something that has been... It seems like they've corrected that issue. It really hasn't been anything that, you know, fans are getting annoyed and hanging their hat on, like, oh, here we go again, more third period problems. Hasn't been as frequent as it was when it was happening back in December, but this one hurts maybe worse than all of those other ones combined. And we'll get to that in a minute, but uh, first things first. Like we always do, follow the show on social media, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche for Twitter. On Instagram, just search for Lockdown Avalanche. And if you have comments or concerns or you're angry or whatever the case may be after uh, last night's game, send, send those to uh, LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com. So, where do we start? I guess we start with what just happened. And what just happened is uh, something that we have seen far too many times this season. And this is where things get a little bit hairy with the Avalanche. And who are they? They are such a streaky team, in not, not only in just outcomes of games, but during games. In that first period, they came to play. And they had two goals throughout that first period. Looked amazing. They They looked like they were the team that played the capitals the first time around and just completely dominated them from beginning to end. That's what it looked like. I'm not going to go as far as to say like I was expecting that for 3 periods. You're up against a really really good team. So let's not just get all up in arms. The Avalanche played a good game. In the end they lost. In the end it's a loss. It's just it it's the loss in the loss column. But when you're watching it and you see the totality of it it hurts <laughs> because things were going well and even when it was 2 to 1 you're like okay i mean you're going into the third with that 2 to 1 lead grubauer has been playing well and he let in two goals that that are tough tough goals especially that that very last one with just over 2 minutes to go uh there's just a lot of traffic in front of him and it's really not his fault i know it's the easy thing to do is to blame the goalie but in that case I don't think it was his fault I think it was just a, a total team collapse and the capitals did what they had to do in the third capitals really stuck it to him in the third but they're they're playing from behind and and that they did what they had to do third period shots on goal alone it wasn't much going into that Colorado won shots on goal in the first 11 to eight tied in the second 11 11. And then in the third, 20 to 20-12. And you would expect that from the team that that's behind. But is there some concern? Yeah, because the Avalanche are unproven. They, they, they are a really good team. They're going to be really good for years to come. They're doing very well this year. But they are, like I said, they are a streaky, streaky team. In-game not even just like i said not outcomes of games but in game look how well they did in the first and look how they finished this game that is not the sign of a, a team that you you really think can make a a long push in the playoffs can they absolutely 100% they can if they get hot at the right time heading into the playoffs they can absolutely make a push if they if they win the Stanley Cup I'd be surprised no i'll be i'll be elated But can this team win it? They absolutely can. But I think more than any other playoff team, they are on both sides of this coin of, yes, they can win it, and yes, they can be out in the first period or in the first round because of games like this. They're not at that level that the Capitals are where they are seasoned and they know how to play. They've played in games like this over and over and over again. And so have the Avalanche, but the Avalanche are coming out on the bad side of these games. So something, something needs to to click, and, and need, they got to do something to prove to people that we can win these. If they had stuck out this game and won it two to one, people would be like, "Wow, this team is for real!" Like they they took the, they took a, a really good shot from one of the best teams in the league, in the Capitals. And they held their ground. They held their ground defensively because you know uh, Washington is going to give it all they have. And and when they can do that, they can bring a lot. And they did, and look what happened. They scored two goals late in the third, game tying, game winning, game over. When you have penalties, as many penalties as there was in this game, what do you expect to do? How many penalties, a total of nine, Washington was two for five on their power plays, and the Avalanche were one for four. So we're going to dig a little bit deeper into this game, go over some stats, go over some things that are concerning, and where you can see already the impact not having Nazem Kadri in this game hurt them. Probably hurt them for the duration because he can do some things against a team like Washington, but something specifically that they miss already from Nazem Kadri. So we'll get into that stuff in a second. All right, so getting back to the three to two loss the Avalanche suffered to the Washington Capitals, I mentioned the penalties. It seemed like in the second in particular, there were just penalties. As soon as one would end, one would happen. Um, the Avalanche. Had an opportunity, had a, had a full minute of five on three, and couldn't get anything. And it was almost like they were predicting what they were doing. Let's just give it to Nathan McKinnon at the point and let him rip one, and hope we get a rebound. Is that the best, you know, setup for that? Uh, I'm gonna say no. Is it a bad setup? No, because you're giving it to your your greatest player, who, when you're giving it to him has a lot of time and space. When you're on a five on three, yeah, you give it to him. But you had a minute to do it, so maybe try it a couple times, and if it's not working, maybe try something different. I don't know. Maybe this is hindsight is twenty-twenty. but they didn't get anything on that five and three. They did get one power play goal on their very first power play of the game. Excellent there. The first period, I can't emphasize that enough how great that first period was. They controlled the puck incredibly in that first period Washington was struggling Washington was struggling to get the puck out of the defensive zone and when sometimes they couldn't even do that and then other times when they did they would get in a neutral zone as would intercept it immediately and bring it right back in they were just unbelievable with puck possession in the first period Uh, I had a Berghofsky goal his I believe that was his uh, career high if I'm not mistaken in goals um, could be wrong on that, but uh, I'm pretty sure like that goal gave him his uh, career high. So he had a goal, and then Miko Rantanen with another goal. As far as stats go, we'll just keep going down the line. McKinnon with two assists, so he's now in the 80-point club. Um, and Kamenev had an assist, and that was it for the Avs. You know, again... Nothing from Landeskog. Nothing from Jost. I hate being a broken record there, but nothing from Comfer. So when we talk about Comfer, we're going to be talking about him more because he's taking the place of Kadri. Nothing from him. I did think he played well. I thought Gerard played very well and nothing to show for it. McCarr, I feel like he struggled a little bit with uh, controlling the puck seemed like a couple rolled off his stick. There's one slap shot that he almost completely whiffed on. It hit like the heel of his stick. That was at the towards the end of the game. But that was it with th- those handful of, of points three players. Three players had points in this game for the Avalanche. And where I think you can see Nazem Kadri is missed is okay. The Avalanche give up that that go-ahead goal. On the tip, they're down three to two. I think there's a little bit over two minutes left, two twenty or something like that. Maybe a little bit less than that. We'll just say two minutes. Call a timeout. Sure, whatever. Draw up your play. And Grubauer is pulled as soon as they can get into the zone. Immediately, immediately, there's two icing plays on Washington. So those pucks are brought obviously back into the Avalanche zone for a faceoff. And this is where you miss Nazem Kadri because you ha- you are now you're less than two minutes left, you're down a goal, your goalie is pulled and you need to win a face off. And he's one of the best faceoff percentages for wins in the league. He's your guy. He would have been there and would have things been different? who the heck knows? Not, not saying that you know winning the face off is going to lead to an immediate goal or surefire goal. That's not what I'm saying, what I'm saying is you, you win that possession. And you're not running around. You're not chasing the puck. You know what I mean. Washington's not getting it out of the zone, calling another icing. And it was up to JT Confer, and he didn't win those faceoffs. And the Avs really didn't have well, maybe maybe one decent look um, during that empty net session when Grubauer pulled. But they that's that's nothing new. Like they struggle on the power play, and that's you know in all intents and purposes a power play. And they couldn't get anything going. Not not even that close, like, clink off the crossbar or something like that. Nothing. So, tough, tough game to swallow. I guess if you want to take anything out of it, Ovechkin didn't get 700. He didn't even get 698. I want to see if he even got a point in this game. He might have had an assist. Nothing, no, he didn't have an assist. Seven shots on goal, too. So that's I mean they 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 showed up and he had some really good looks. And that release is just ridiculous. You know, we we see Nathan McKinnon's release all the time and Alexander Ovechkin's is is right up there, maybe even a little bit better. That thing is nuts. And he had a he had some good good looks on uh, Grubauer. And Grubauer was game. I thought he played I thought he played a good game. I don't think this is on him. Those goals are are t- he didn't He didn't give up you know, like what are you doing? Goals, or or you you slap your forehead and like you know you should have stopped that one goal. Like those were tough. Tip in goals, traffic in front of the net goals. Like I thought he played well. I don't. I again, I don't think this is on him. I think this is just did they get tight? I don't know. I think it's a maybe maybe a combination of that, and maybe it's just the Capitals are a good team. We can't lose sight of that. They will fight. They just because they are down two to nothing, nobody. Nobody, as well as the Avalanche, were playing in that first period. Nobody thought that game was over. No, no, nobody didn't, including the Capitals themselves. They know what they have. They know that they can come back in situations like that, and they keep pushing. Even when it was two to two, I'm thinking to myself, I'm I'm hoping for overtime right now. Just the way the the, the game was going, you can go on uh, NHL.com. On their app, they have a great game flow chart, just gives you a sense of who's in control of the game. And you can look at the third period. The, 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 look at the I posted on Twitter the first period. It's the way they do it is split a line down the middle and one team on the left side. It's a flow chart. And the Avs, you know, they have uh, blue for the capitals and burgundy for the avalanche. In the first period, it's, it's heavily burgundy. In the second, pretty even i'd say even leaning towards the avalanche look at that third period flow chart it's crazy it is all blue it's all capitals there's a little bit of a stick out for the avalanche when after the game was tied but other than that the, the capitals dominated them in the third and and you don't expect that from a team coming into denver with with the you know, Being a mile high in the atmosphere and the, the the air, you don't really expect the Capitals to play that well or any team in the third. That's where the Avs usually have a home ice advantage. And this just goes to show you how good this Capitals team is. What are you going to do? It, it, I mean, like I said, in the end, it's in the loss column. I was, I was hoping we could claw our way to an overtime at least get a get get one point out of the deal. See what happens in overtime even though we're not a good overtime team. Anything can happen. Uh, but the way the game was going in that third, I was hoping for a at least a point and it didn't happen. So, what do you do? And, and you know, it's a win streak came to an end. It was going to come to an end at some point. And maybe the best thing that comes out of this other than Ovechkin not getting out, 700 against your team is you you have a loss and a frustrating loss going into a pretty high-profile game outdoors. So now the Avs are, not that they wouldn't come to play that game anyway, but now they're coming off a bitter loss, and now they have some added bonus to really put a beat down on the Los Angeles Kings. So, day off. And then the fun begins outdoors. So we are going to mention an article that was brought up on uh, Colorado Hockey Now. As well as maybe a trade that the Avalanche might bring in a big, big big-name player towards the end of his career. We've talked about it before on this show. We'll see if it happens. All right, a couple more things to get to before we call it a day and the very interesting article on in Colorado Hockey Now about Miko Rantanen and needing to do military service in his native country in Finland. Um, apparently they do mandatory military service for uh, males in Finland, and it's not like a country that is... They're a peaceful country. That's exactly the first line in the in the article, is Finland is a peaceful country. So um, they, they. it's not like he's going to go to war or anything like that, but they, here, I'll just read kind of the, this this little, it's a short article. It has troops in Afghanistan contributing to the fight, this is Finland has troops in Afghanistan contributing to the fight against the Taliban, but otherwise it hasn't been involved in a major conflict since World War II. The country is not affiliated with any other alliance militarily with other countries. So the country relies on its own young men to be ready to fight in any potential conflict. Therefore, there is a very strict conscription law in Finland. Every physical physically abled male born excuse me, every physically abled male born in Finland must serve at least six months in the military or thirteen months in civil service before they turn 29. There's absolutely no exceptions and those who don't fulfill the requirement are imprisoned. So they take it pretty serious. Uh, and this is written by Adrian Dater over at Colorado Hockey Now. So I guess he asked, Ranton about this, and he, he's planning on, and you can split it up. It's not like you have to do six months all in one go. You can split it up. And according to this, he asked him about it, and he plans on doing starting that this, this summer, depending on whenever the avalanche are um, eliminated or win the cup. Obviously, if they win the Cup, there's less time over the summer to do it because training camp starts in September, so it'll, it'll kind of play it by ear. But he's going to learn. He's going through boot camp, it sounds like, you know, learning learning to fire weapons and all that fun stuff. Pretty interesting. Pretty interesting that, that he's, he's going to have to go through that and it's going to be broken up to within two or three years. So I just thought that was kind of interesting. Trade stuff. Trades are right around the corner. The uh, locked-on... Series, On Network is going to have a, uh, a trade deadline special, which I have taken part in. Uh, nothing, if you guys listen to the show, it's a lot there that I've said on the show that's going into that show, but still should be a really good show overall because we're covering every NHL team. So if you like the trade deadline and see where players might possibly go, I would tune into that. I'll kind of let you guys know when that's out. More closer to the deadline. Two news, newsworthy items, uh, Kamenev says that he wants to request a trade. I haven't really found if there's any validity to that or not. It wouldn't surprise me if he did, but here's the interesting thing. I've, 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 I've heard some people talking about it. I don't have any like concrete uh, you know, notes or anything on that that that's actually true. But it's so funny. The people that have have posted this are are saying, "Great, let's you know that that's a good that's good trade beat. Let's get rid of him. Uh, I would I would trade him for so and so." And it's so funny how a player that is is on, the, currently on the roster and young and still in the, I guess the learning phase, but still has potential fans have no problem getting rid of that guy. It's the guy in the minors that they haven't seen before that they don't want touched because he's 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 the promising one, not the guy that I've seen a handful of times and he's not set the world on fire like I thought he would, so let's get rid of him. I want the guy that we haven't seen and is doing great in college because he's somehow more promising. I just find that funny. Do you not? I don't know. Uh, so I guess I'll keep my eye on that if, if it is, that is true. Um, but we'll see if, if if he does get traded. I, I don't know if it is because he is requesting one. You know, Joe Sakic will take his time with players who request trades as we have seen with Matt Duchesne, not comparing this guy to Matt Duchesne. But it's not just, oh, you want a trade? Okay, let's make this happen tomorrow. If he, if he is included in a trade, who's to say if it is because this requesting trade thing is true or not. And the other one that's of interest to me anyway, then uh, this is, you know, not any insider information or anything like that, but um, my, I have a very, very close friend who is very involved with the, the New York Rangers, and he sent me a text today saying, well, it's official. Henrik Lundqvist is, has officially been demoted to the number two goalie. And that up-and-coming goalie, who I have not nailed down his name yet, uh, is is now taking over. They're handing him the, the keys to the car, saying it's yours, Hank. It was a nice ride. And I said, and, he, and and in the text message he said, so it's looking like they might be looking to trade him, and Colorado is on their list of sending him to a team that he might win a cup with. Colorado's his best shot. And I said, well, where you to hear this from and Don LaGreca, man, if a lot of people are listening to this in Colorado, you probably don't know who Don LaGreca is. Don LaGreca takes part in a uh, radio show in New York with Michael Kay. Michael Kay does stuff for ESPN. He's also the voice of the New York Yankees. He has a daily radio show, the Michael Kay show. Don LaGreca is on that. And Don La- LaGreca also does radio broadcasts for the New York Rangers. He's very involved and in tune with the New York Rangers. Apparently on the Michael Kay show today, he was talking about this and he kept saying over and over and over again, Colorado Avalanche, Colorado Avalanche. Could it happen? Yeah. I mean, it could happen, but obviously you're, you're creating some sort of conundrum here with francois and Grubauer. If you bring in someone like Lungfist, which I would be for, I would be for that, not, not to take over number one. But I've always been a Lundqvist fan, and and maybe part of me is just wanting him on the team because I'm a Lundqvist fan. I will readily admit that. Do I think getting him in is going to put this team over the edge? No, not at the stage in his career. I want the jersey. I want a Henrik Lundqvist jersey in Colorado, blue and burgundy. That's what I want. <laughs> and I'm being selfish about that. Can he help the team? I think he definitely, absolutely could help the team. I really do. And... It, where it gets interesting is Francois has contract, is up. Do they do they kind of cut ties with him? Do they sign him? Then you have to give one of the goalies up for the draft. You bring in Lundqvist, and you got to give up another goalie for the draft. How, how does that all play out? It would get very muddled if you bring in another goalie at this point in time. So that's why I don't know if they would actually do it, but I would love to see it. I would love to see someone of the name recognition and you. And overnight you become a team that people outside of Colorado pay attention to simply because you went out and traded for Henrik Lundqvist, even though he's at the end of his career. And now people, now the eyes are on the Avalanche and can they do it? Can they be the team to get Henrik Lundqvist a cup, much like they did with Ray Bork? So maybe that's why Joe Sakik will maybe he has he's sensitive to stuff like that. He saw what Patrick Waugh did when that when he was brought into Colorado. maybe he wants to recreate that again with Henrik Lundqvist, not in the sense of you know he he's he's at the stage in his career that Wah was when he came to the Avalanche. But just that sentimental stuff does is Joe Sakic that type of sentimental guy gm I don't think so. I don't think any GM really should be but you never know, you never know what's going to happen so I for one hope it does what do you think, do they bring him in do you say absolutely not we're fine with two goalies even though what's going on with Franco's after this season is over is kind of up in the air it gets interesting uh, man I love this stuff I absolutely love this stuff so let me hear from you guys what do you think what trade should they make? Should it be Lungfist? Should it be Martinez? Should it be Toffoli? Should it be who? Tell me what you think the Avalanche should get and who should they give up. All questions we will have answers to in in week's time, little over a week's time. Going to be exciting. So that's it for today, guys. That's it for this week. Enjoy the Stadium Series game. We will be back on Monday to talk about all of that. And a big week next week, too, with a game against the Tampa Bay Lightning. So, these games are all important. So, this is this. But the one on Saturday is important while also being fun. So, enjoy it. We'll see everybody Monday. And here's Jovi. Go, Abs, go.